0: This is a Star Wars Action News Hypercast.
1: Hello, welcome to Star Wars Action News Hypercast. This is Marjorie, long time no
2: see. This is Arnie. It's great to be back, Howard.
1: (laughs) Sorry for the bit of the delay and everything. We actually moved all the way across the country, so super fun. Uh, We've been moving a collection, and maybe we'll do some shows about that and some of the things we've learned. I can pack a U-Haul box like a professional now, so... If you need packing tips, hit me up.
2: I'm either never moving again, or I'm going to stop collecting, one or the other.
1: Well, if we are moving again, I think we have to downsize the collection.
2: Oh no, that doesn't happen. That does not happen, but we have a lot to talk about with that, but that's for our next show. For this show, it's just a quick hypercast because we have some new Hasbro figures to talk about, which is always my favorite thing to talk about because of... Currently the Hasbro Star Wars fan celebration going on. They've been releasing new figures each day. Yesterday, four pack of vintage collection. Figures that were exclusive to Amazon.
1: Well, they were bad batch.
2: That was kind of a cool set that seems like things are pretty bad batch focused right now because what we have to talk about today, three Black Series 6-inch figures, two more clones from the Bad Batch, and then one from Clone Wars. And there's some really cool stuff going on with these figures. Let's start with the 212th Battalion figure. This is a repaint of the clone trooper body they have, and it's going to be available for pre-order just at Walgreens. And it's the Yellow striped clone based off his appearance in...
1: The Clone Wars animated series. Now, the 212th Battalion was the battalion on Utapau,
2: Right. Where Cody was and all of them. And the thing is, I'm really excited because that is like... Because of all that went on on Utapau, that is like one of my favorite armor designs. But... Because this is based on the Clone Wars animated series, I need to see this in person, but from the photos, it looks like the yellow is just a hair bright. Like, if you put this among some of the more movie-based clones, I'm wondering if that yellow's going to stand out a little bit. Kind of McDonald's M yellow. You know, Golden Arch.
1: Yeah, but they were the same kind of yellow in the movie and probably in the cartoon. The cartoon is a different medium, so...
2: Yeah, it it always felt like a more orangish-yellow in the Hmm. movie. And here, this is looking far more egg yolk.
1: Well, it's from the cartoon series, so...
2: Yes, exactly. And Star Wars product designer Eric Frainer, who we've had on the show several times, did say that this is the first time they're able to do the 212th on the new clone body. So that's going to be nice with the articulation. And says it will look good next to the Obi-Wan Kenobi in his clone armor. Hmm... Which honestly made me kind of wish that they'd done some Tartakovsky clones.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have been really great. I did like the style that Clone Wars is the best.
2: But the cool figures that I think that are being announced today are from Bad Batch. The first is another Captain Rex. Captain Rex has gone from so many iterations of Star Wars over the years. I think Dave Filoni and the Clone Wars really fleshed him out, and now we have an older version of Captain Rex here in Bad Batch.
1: He's having a moment, and he seems to be very popular.
2: I love this new design of the figure, though, because it has a new pauldron, a viewfinder on the helmet, but my favorite, the soft goods cloak that has, like, printing to get of it a good texture. When I first saw the figure, the first pictures I saw, he had the cloak on, and I'm thinking that might be a sculpted cloak, because it's got a hood that can go around the unmasked head and everything. I thought maybe these are parts to slide on and off, but no, that is a soft goods cloak. And if it looks as good in person as the press photos, I'm really liking that. And again, it makes me wish they do accessory packs where they just, you know, sell some cloaks.
1: Yeah, that would be nice to have the accessory packs. I think people have been asking for that for a long time. I think we last saw him with episode one, didn't we?
2: Yeah, but he does have, you know, the masked portrait or the unmasked head with his very white hair here. Yes,
1: he's old man Rex at this point.
2: As good as the figure is, a Walmart exclusive.
1: I am filled with rage over Walmart exclusives. It's almost as bad as a Walgreens exclusive and almost as bad as a Target exclusive. The Target exclusives, oh no. But Walmart, it depends on where you are in the country. Very much so because some Walmarts, you'll never see them until six months later and then they'll get 12
2: of them. I can't decide... Which I prefer. Target is the girl who you ask out and says, no, I won't go out with you. Walmart is the girl who you ask out. She says yes, but then stands you up. That's true. Because Walmart will take your order and then send you cancellation notices saying, oh, we're out of stock. While they're in stock on the site. So that's mm-hmm. like Marsha Brady. Something suddenly came up. Yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, Target just won't take your order to begin with.
1: No, they won't even answer your call. <laughs> so it's- you know how many times I've woken up like at three in the morning when the alert went off on the Target app, letting me know something's in stock and I would get up at three o'clock and order something.
2: So yeah, with Captain Rex being a Black Series, Walmart exclusive, the only chance I think I have is people may blanch at the price on this one.
1: He is a little more expensive. That's one thing I noticed about him. His retail is $31.49, which is that oddball Walmart price like they do.
2: I'm surprised it ends in a nine. They like to end in eights.
1: That penny saves you. I think they gave that up. (laughs) But $31.49 for a six inch figure. He does have three accessories.
2: $31.49. I know that when they did the vintage collection figures at Amazon yesterday, it was a four pack for sixty. dollars but it was four individually carded figures in a nice wraparound package. It felt like there was a value add there, even though you were up to $15 a figure.
1: That package looked very strikingly similar to something that I would expect to see at a very large convention that happened sometime in July
2: in a coastal city. But thirty-one forty-nine. Of course, you know... Maybe some people will be frightened off and I'll be able to actually get one of these when they go up for order, but it is only at Walmart. The one I really like, though, and it's because I have always had a fondness for the Shadow Trooper. The black clones, one of the Star Wars hot toys I got was the Shadow Trooper as well as the Death Trooper, which was kind of Shadow Trooper-y from Rogue One. And now from the Bad Batch, We get crosshair. I don't know why, but ever since I was a kid, I loved a sniper. I liked the tactical warfare of staying out of it and killing from afar versus getting right up in it. And with his backpack, the sniper rifle breaks down and you can actually put it on his backpack. And he has a tiny blaster, the all-black armor with different textures on it. This one kind of speaks to me from that old love of the Shadow Trooper. And it, it is kind of Death Trooper-y with the green eyes and the
1: mm-hmm.
2: green vents on the mask.
1: Now, he retails for twenty six forty nine at Walmart. So, good luck on that date.
2: Only at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart exclusive, again. I love the lines. The exclusives, though. Oof. And they did do Crosshair from the Bad Batch as a pre-order earlier. I haven't received my shipment of it yet. But this one has new torso, belt, and helmet to be... More accurate. But then, yeah, like the original figure, it has the sniper rifle that can break apart. So, three new Black Series figures. All kind of repaints slash upgrades and good chance to get the 212 on the new body. Tweaks to Captain Rex. Tweaks to Crosshair. But this Crosshair just so much more badass than the last Crosshair. <laughs> Is it the gun? No, the last one had the gun. It's the Black. Oh. So, all of these will go up for pre-order tomorrow... June 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern. So you got to kind of set your Friday afternoon, Juneteenth Friday, to order these figures. But while that's it for breaking news, a short while ago, we did get to take part also in a Hasbro Roundtable interview. So we will bring that to you now so you can hear from Eric and the Hasbro Star Wars team themselves.
3: And thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, I think we say this every time, but uh, we, we really love doing these. Uh, it's fun to uh, be able to kind of ignore other meetings for the morning and, and just talk Star Wars. So thank you all for joining. Uh, we're excited. Uh, we're going to we're gonna move through kind of quickly. I think we've got six fan sites, and we want to make sure we get to all uh, five rounds of questions. So uh, we're going to kick it off. Uh, and we'll start with Dominic from Star Wars Underworld.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thank morning. you. Thank you, as always, for, uh, for doing these. Uh, I just want to start with the uh, with the new uh, vote from the vault poll If you can just um, walk us through the decision making process behind uh, which characters uh, get into the poll and then just generally more generally about the sort of fan polls have you ever been really surprised by any of the winners
3: in those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in terms of the selections for these, I think it was a couple of things. One is that we, you know, Star Wars is is a rich universe, Uh, you you know, video games, uh, movies, animated TV shows, live action TV shows now. So we really wanted characters that represented that that rich world. And so I think we've got obviously Ahsoka from uh, Clone Wars. We've got, you know, movie characters, Wee some video game characters. So that was one criteria. Uh, and then we also just wanted to pick uh, you know, popular characters that fans would be excited about. Um, and so uh, internally, obviously our team had a point of view on that. And then also, yeah, as we always do, we look on forums and we look online and we're aware of various brackets and, and different fan votes. And so we certainly incorporated all of that into the, the decision. Uh, in terms of fan votes, um, yeah, I, I think we are always surprised. I, I know for our uh, Empire Strikes Back Black Series one, uh, i was personally pulling for lobot uh but luke skywalker was a great selection as well and so i think we all have our personal opinions and hopes uh, but then we're always happy to go with uh, the ones that the fans choose
4: cool thanks guys
3: absolutely all righty uh chris from jedi business
5: good morning guys morning. Good morning. um some of the announced action figures during uh, Fest were made available to premium members um, before they were made available elsewhere, um, but Star Wars was excluded.
3: Uh, why? Yeah, no, it, it's a good question. I, I think a similar situation happened with New York Toy Fair last year. Um, we, we can't really speak to, to what other brands choose to do. Um, I know for our brand, obviously, we, we talk about balance in a lot of different things. And I think here as well, there's a balance between obviously, like we care a lot about Pulse uh, we want to drive that, but you know we know that you know not all fans have access to Pulse. Certainly around the world, uh, Pulse is amazing, uh, but it operates in the UK, US, and Canada. Um, and, and so, wanting to give kind of you know fair preference to fans around the world and uh, our different valued retail partners, and so uh, those were some of the factors that went into that decision. Absolutely, um, Jake from 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 <laughs> It's always a tongue
0: twister. All right, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, question number one. You specifically mentioned during the FanFest stream that there's been an increased interest in the vintage collection line. Now, what kind of metrics go into determining that? Is it sales? Is it social media and et cetera? And how does that change your plans for
3: the line going forward? Yes, so I think it's all of those things. So sales is certainly kind of you know one of the most important things. And, and pre-orders is a big part of that. Uh, pre-orders, you know, as, as we've said, you know, we we acknowledge that there have been some bumps, and so we're addressing those, but they are very valuable in letting us know kind of what the demand is and then affecting that future forecast. Uh, so pre-orders are key as well. Um, social media is uh, important. Obviously, we read a lot of the forums. We're aware of the various petitions, um, and so it does impact the line going forward. We mentioned this uh, on several live streams. I think on our June live stream last year, in response to some of those petitions, we said, it was definitely noted and we are going to, you know, increase maybe slowly at first, uh, but the amount of vintage moving forward, we said in our January live stream that uh, this year 2021 would see more new characters in the vintage line, not necessarily new tooling, uh, but new characters, new items, um, since you know, since any year since the vintage collection 2.0 launched. Um, and so basically I think we'll we'll continue to do a little more. Uh, and if the demand continues to be there, we'll we'll keep driving it further. Right on. Awesome. Cool. Arnie from Star Wars Action News.
2: Hey, Arnie. Hey, good to see you again. Me too. Uh, You talked about the uh, Vintage Collection Gaming Great figures, and we got some good pictures of that. Didn't see the back. Are they going to be numbered like regular Vintage Collection figures?
3: Yep, uh, they will be numbered. So basically kind of our standard moving forward is uh, HasLab items, you know, won't be numbered within the overall vintage collection just because obviously that's a big ticket item. Uh, But essentially any other uh, items, uh, exclusives, uh, just like we've done in the past with TVC 2.0, those will be numbered within the overall line.
2: Okay. And why have the game logos not in the box at the top? I know you used Mm -hmm. to do the Expanded
3: Universe logo. Yeah, we talked about this uh, with another uh, fan site. Uh, basically, again, it's kind of this balance. We, we do the same thing in Black Series uh, with our Gaming Greats line on the 4.0 packaging that launched last year. It's kind of a consistent stripe for gaming. Uh, it's just, we, we didn't want kind of this long tail in this rabbit hole of all of these different logos for all the different video games. Um, and so the expanded universe, I think there was a suggestion in a, in a previous interview about a, a gaming logo. Uh, that just doesn't have kind of, you know, value or history with the fans the same way the expanded universe did. So this was the solution that we hit on, but uh, we're definitely open to impacting that in the future. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Lacey from Star Wars Newsnet, a, a familiar face from FanFest.
6: Hello. Good morning. How are you guys <laughs> right. doing? Not too bad. Um, so first of all, congrats on a successful FanFest. I okay. think as of this morning, it had over 190,000 views. Like, huge success. Um, My first question is because it was so great and I know people are moving into more probably towards the fall more in-person events are you guys going to continue to do a bigger scale thing like that?
3: Yeah no it's a good question and certainly we are we are eager and so excited to get back to in-person events both just personally and also uh, to to be with the fans again at conventions. (laughs) Uh, But as you said, obviously FanFest has been great. PulseCon was great last year. And so I think, again, we'll see a balance of those things moving forward. I don't think it'll be one or the other. Uh, they're both valuable in different ways. Uh, again, it's great to get to in-person conventions, and it's been so long since I've gotten to talk face to face with fans <laughs> and just you know chat in the booth. What and, is a
6: and person? Keep...
3: <laughs> I know, right? Um, and so that's certainly <laughs> important. Uh, that being said, we we love that you know fans everywhere you know are able to tune into FanFest and PulseCon and not have to travel to a convention. So I, I think they'll both have a place moving forward.
6: Awesome, thank you.
3: Absolutely, thank you. All right, Dan from Star Wars Collector. morning, hey, Dan.
7: Yeah, a lot of uh, readers are asking why there were no reels at the Fan Fest for uh, Vintage Collection or Black Series, Boba Fett, or Blurred. Are those being currently in production? Or are you guys working on them, or?
8: So we, we can't speak to anything that hasn't been kind of officially announced or released. Um, it, it's, they're all things that we have considered and there are things that we're aware of that, that fans really want. Um, And we we do know that they would sell really well and there's a huge demand for them. Um, And it is, uh, yeah, while we can't announce anything right now, it is something that we are aware of. And uh, we uh, are, yeah, it's something that would be really cool to get in the line, especially for like a six inch blurg. that that would be really cool. So,
3: cool. um, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Dominic, back to you.
4: Cool. Uh, I just want to go back to the gaming greats uh, reveals from yeah. the vintage collection for a second. Um, I noticed that they're all uh, they're all troopers for this uh, this new wave. Um, is there any particular reason why you went with the, an all trooper wave? And is there thought of getting some more uh, non trooper characters and uh, released in that uh, line in the in the not too distant future?
8: Yeah. So the the troopers kind of. Um... Play a lot of different roles for us. Um, one, they're they're really great. Obviously, troop builders. So it's good to be able to get those in, so that people can buy multiples. Um, they are especially for kind of new uh, uh, SKUs and new um, lines for us. They're they're a little bit easier to get out, just because they are. Um, a lot of times, you're using existing molds or, or or partial tools or redecos, um, and some of those characters also originally appeared in um, the Black Series Gaming Greens. So we were able to kind of take a lot of inspiration from those and a lot of development done on those to just bring down to the other scale. Um, uh, obviously, it, it would be really cool to get in non-trooper figures. Um, there is a lot. There are a lot to choose from um, for that. So it's something that we are considering and something that uh, hopefully, yeah, if the vintage collection game greats do really well, um, we uh, can see more of those uh, characters in the future. And obviously not all of them are troopers, so.
4: Cool, thank you.
5: No problem.
3: All righty, Chris, back to you.
5: Um, You mentioned in the live stream that the Vintage Collection Specialty Waves are gonna get their own SKUs. Um, What does that really mean for us fans? Does that mean that uh, we'll find those figures um, at other places besides Target and a fan channel, or does that mean that the character selection within those specialty waves it's going to have a closer focus on the collector instead of more the casual fan?
3: Yeah, basically it means they'll have their own UPC. They'll live on their own peg uh, at at retail other than the mainline waves. Uh, We know that this has been a a pain point and a concern with uh, existing fans since the specialty waves are geared towards the new collector. And so there's been concern that if they show up on pegs, they'll peg warm uh, and block future waves uh, that the existing fans are really interested in. Um, so basically, it means that if brick and mortar retailers want to take these, they'll live on a different peg and they won't block waves of the mainline. Um, so so the goal is, is is that is not that they'll expand. Obviously, if brick and mortar retailers want to take them, they can. But the goal is that these are still geared towards those online retailers. Um, basically, as we announced in the live stream, uh, the, the recently uh, announced specialty wave will come in small numbers to brick and mortar retailers this fall just because they need it to bridge the gap between mainline waves because vintage collection demand is increasing, which is great. Um, So the plan is still that these will be geared towards the newer fans, uh, main characters to bring new fans into the line. Uh, We've seen success with that. Um, And then we'll continue to reserve one or two slots uh, in our mainline waves uh, for repacks geared towards the existing fans, whether those are reissues or uh, super articulated characters on a vintage collection card for the first time. Gotcha, thank you. Awesome, yep. Jake, you're up next.
0: All right, back to the Gaming Greats. In regards to the Electro Staff Purge Trooper from the Gaming Greats subline, will this figure have a removable helmet as it appears to be based on previous trooper designs, which do? Um, And will this mean that an airborne trooper is possible now in TVC and TBS since purge troopers exist in both of those lines? So uh,
8: in regards to the helmet, it is uh, non-removable for this figure. Um, one of the things we try to do move, uh, on characters in particular is, uh, if they don't have the helmet removable, normally in entertainment, especially kind of going forward, we try to. Uh, uh, it, it it helps us to try to like just rein in the character if it's um, if it, they do not remove the helmet in the entertainment. So at the moment, it is non-removable for the helmet for um, him. And in terms of the airborne trooper, it is a really cool design. Um, we currently don't have any plans uh, for that character at the moment, but now that we do have that purge trooper, it, it certainly does open up that door um, for us to be able to do in the future as, as we look for uh, other exclusives and other uh, things that we can potentially do. Interesting.
3: All right. Thank you. Cool. All right. Arnie, what do you have for us? I'm
2: going to jump off of Jake's question there and say, you know, you said that if the helmets don't come off normally in entertainment, then you don't have the removable helmets. But you guys also talked about the uh, Imperial Guard coming forward with the removable helmet and the new photo deco. So I was wondering, you know, is that going expanded universe like Kyrkanos or what was the head under there, the rationale behind it? So
8: I, I think that with that, it, it was because it was a original, like I think it was a, um, a figure that was previously released and it had a removable helmet. So that that was a character that that had already had a removable helmet. And because it had that, um, we wanted to make sure it was updated. We didn't want to reduce or remove features from an item that, that had already had a previous life. Um, so that was kind of the uh, reasoning behind that was um, that it already had that removable helmet. So it was just a nice update. Um, and
3: it, it was kind of from from the era that it, it was uh, developed. Yeah. And again, the, the goal for those is for the newer fans. What we don't want to do is create a slight update that will make some existing fans who already have it feel compelled to buy it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Yep. All right, Lacey, you're up next.
6: Hello again. Um, so one of the best days of the year is coming up. May the 4th, Star Wars Day. You guys had mentioned during FanFest that you're doing some type of live stream or some type of event. Could you tell us a little bit more information about it? What can fans look forward to?
8: So at least at the moment, um, I don't think we have much information to give. We we will have more information kind of coming up about what specifically will be in that event. But we are doing a stream. So we, we will have stuff to announce will be similar to what we've done with other streams. So, um, yeah, so while we can't give specifics, um, at least not, not on my end, um, there is, uh, it, it will be similar to other panels that we've done. And obviously it's the star Wars holiday, so it's a big one.
6: Awesome. Cool. So I'll tell uh, people to stay tuned. Thank you. Absolutely.
7: Cool. All right, Dan, you're up next. Um, some of our readers are asking if there's any possibility that we'll see the Bad Batch figures in a uh, three and three quarter vintage collection. They didn't see any reveals or mentions during fan Fest.
8: So um, yeah, the while we don't have anything to announce right now or anything that hasn't been revealed or, or announced yet, um, obviously the Bad Batch is a new piece of entertainment that's coming and we always try to make sure that we, we support that entertainment um, in, in our lines. So, uh, it's certainly a possibility that we could see it come to the vintage collection. Um, they're, they're, it's another big kind of tent pole piece of entertainment that is coming to Star Wars.
3: Awesome. Thank you. So, well, all righty. Back to the top, round three. Dominic.
4: All right. Uh, so, sticking with uh, the Bad Batch, um, there have been some concerns raised recently about the appearance of the Bad Batch characters. Uh, and, you know, there's their clones that are supposed to be clones of Tamara Morrison. And there have been some concerns around uh, whitewashing with their appearances. Now, this is by no means exclusive to, to you guys, but the concerns did come up with the reveal of the, the tech figure, this, and, and this is a conversation that extends to other licensees and the, uh, the, the show itself. But do you guys have any, any comments on, on these concerns?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously. So you know, we work closely internally uh, with Lucasfilm, with Disney, uh, with our design team. We always kind of do our best uh, to bring characters to life. Um, we try, we strive for the most accurate design possible. Uh, we've got a lot of different resources uh, at hand. We've got a lot of different reference material. Uh, and again, we work closely uh, our design partners with Lucasfilm, with Disney. Um, for these figures, the specific figures uh, you mentioned, Tech, uh, based on the Bad Batch. Uh, obviously, we drew that inspiration from the entertainment, uh, kind of directly from that, as we do with all figures. Uh, we used our photoreal technology, which is you know great across Black Series and Vintage, uh, to try to achieve the most accurate likeness possible to the entertainment. Um, you know, as with all of our figures, hopefully we did those characters justice in the entertainment. Uh, but as as we say with everything, you know, we're always listening to to you guys, to the fans, to your readers and listeners on how future figures can be improved. So, so definitely let us know your thoughts. Uh, We're always kind of looking at our processes and refining those to ensure that we provide kind of the best, highest quality, most accurate figures possible. So uh, thanks for the question and uh, definitely let us know uh, your thoughts moving forward.
4: Cool. I appreciate the answer. Thank
3: you. Absolutely. No problem. All righty, Up next, I believe is Chris from Jedi Business.
5: Yeah, so um, when you revealed the uh, vintage collection, Luke Skywalker Hoth figure, um, Eric, I think that when you helped me, yeah. you had the figure up into the camera, it had the collar around the neck. Uh, the press images didn't have that piece. Will that be something that's going to be included like it was with the original figure, or is that uh, not included this time around?
8: Uh, So, it it is going to be included. I spoke to the designer this morning. Um, It has been kind of restored. It was, uh, unfortunately, just omitted accidentally in the production process for the the figure in particular that we photographed. So, the the figure that I had, um, that I revealed, was an actual sample um, that I was able to show. So, it was just... uh, Part of the process that we have when we get in multiple samples at various stages, sometimes things can be missing. And that's something that we normally comment on and make sure that uh, they are not missing moving forward. But yeah, it will be there. Gotcha. Thank
0: you. Cool.
3: All righty. Up next, uh, Jake.
0: OK, the reveal of General Merrick and his X-Wing from Rogue One was a major highlight of the streaming events. Thank you for that. Um, right. Our question is, what astromech droid would you suggest fans and collectors use yeah. with the fighter as Blue Leader's droid is
3: currently not in the line? Yeah, so, so we're certainly aware of that. Uh, it's come <laughs> up uh, in some other uh, interviews we've done today and we've read online. Um, so, so our, our designers uh, did some looking into this. Uh, the closest thing, uh, based on the fan comments, the closest thing they've been able to see uh, was the R2-R9 uh, from the Queen's Starship. It was last released in 2012. Uh, the droids have the same red bodies, uh, but Antox has black panels on his body instead of white and black panels on his head instead of the red. Um, so it's, it, it seems the closest bet. Um, you know, Again, we've read the comments. We're aware it's a, a request for the future and uh, something we could add to the line. Awesome. Thank you. All righty, Arnie.
2: During the FanFest, you openly discussed some frustration regarding the Black Series RS Singh antenna on her head. And given that the Black Series is a larger scale of figure, uh, can you talk about some of the architectural problems that prevented making a more to scale antenna? And is the antenna removable for those who want to either uh, just not have it distracting or try to custom their own? So the antenna, it's a separate part, but at the
8: moment it is glued in because uh, one of the things we've been finding is um, if it's in pack, if it's not glued, it has a tendency to just kind of like come off and and then you lose it. So it is glued, but it is a separate part. So it it can be removed just with effort. Um, And in terms of the the scale of that antenna in particular, um, the, the reference that we have for her, especially in like kind of the animation in and, and the uh, the Phantom Menace reference, it is an incredibly thin piece of uh, plastic that would have to be there. So we originally did sculpt it that thin and then unfortunately just production when it went to our factories when we started looking at it it naturally just had to get larger. So we worked with them really closely with with our uh, partners um, uh, at, at the factories to try to make sure that we got it as thin as possible. We worked really closely with Lucasfilm to make sure that we were comfortable with it. And there's a lot of discussions about whether we should remove it, whether we should just have a peg hole for someone else to put in their own. And ultimately, we felt like it was just a miss to not have it. Um, because it's it's very iconic to the character, So um, we are really happy with where we landed on it. We feel like it is subtle enough that it doesn't draw too much atten- attention to it. Um, but yeah, it, it it is a separate part. So if you do want to remove it, it is possible. It's just, it will be glued in.
2: And why, you said that there was a prop, like the factories weren't able to do it. What Why can't they make that small of a piece? it's it's the it is just the the sake of the mold the molds
8: in general when it gets really 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 thin there's a lot of issues too with like it passing qa concerns and and being able to not snap so like there's a certain thickness that um that that our factors feel personally comfortable with to make sure that things do not uh fail under testing um so like the thinner the piece the more chance it has a snap and break and stuff like that so the, the thicker piece just gives it more of a chance to survive play and then also just the, the production process of packing it into a uh, blister if you have a really really thin pieces people are trying to like put it into the blister you have a chance of it snapping off even as it's being inserted so it, it's it, that that is part of the uh, issue with um, going that thin we we really can't get much thinner than what we have on there um, in general
2: all right thank you
8: yeah no problem All right, Lacey,
3: you're up next.
6: Hello. Uh, Building off of Jake's question, which I personally feel cool now that I have a vintage collection question because I haven't so far, and I feel really uncool in this group. Um, So the X-Wing, super cool. One of the best things announced at FanFest. We would like to know if there were any more original characters on the way for Rogue One. You guys talked about how it's an anniversary year. And if you can't talk about that, that's fine. How do you approach an anniversary year? of like selecting certain characters? Do you look at the movie as a whole?
3: Yeah, yeah, so nothing we can announce now. Um, and I think Rogue One, as we've always said, is kind of a mini beat, uh, as opposed to an Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back 40th or a Lucasfilm right. uh, first 50 years. Um, so so nothing to announce now. That being said, kind of moving forward, whether it's this year or beyond, like we know that Rogue One is seen by vintage fans as you know kind of adjacent to or in the spirit of the original trilogy and is really beloved. And so it's certainly, you know, something we're focusing on uh, in the future. And we have definitely not seen the last of Rogue One in the vintage collection.
6: I always want to say it's a fan favorite, but I know that everyone likes certain movies separately, but I feel like collectively people enjoy (laughs) Rogue One.
3: Absolutely. We do too.
6: Awesome. Thanks. (laughs)
3: Cool. Yep. Dan, your turn. Hey,
7: um, so one of our some of our readers are asking why most of the popular characters aren't showing up when they're debuting in programs and stuff, and they're asking, doesn't Disney give you guys enough time to actually produce and manufacture these toys that actually be released when, like, the Mandalorian Boba Fett figure was shown and stuff like that, or uh, when he was re- revealed in the Mandalorian?
3: Yeah, so so certainly, you know, as as always, we've got a, a great partnership with Lucasfilm and Disney, and, and we certainly trust them on when to, you know, allow us access to certain assets. And certainly there's kind of no change uh, in the past several years. You know, I can go back to The Force Awakens and that you know, old man, uh, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, we weren't able to put out until 2017. And we've said publicly, like, we saw him on screen the same time that you guys did. And so there are certainly some assets that are always like that. John Favreau has said publicly that uh, Grogu, I guess the child as he was known in season one, you know, we we saw him on screen the same time you guys did. So there's always gonna be things in that camp and we'll always work to get them out as quickly as possible. And then there's obviously always other characters that, uh, you know, we do see beforehand and we're able to get out a little more quickly. But uh, again, as with a lot of things, our interests are aligned here. We're on the same page, you know, for hot characters like that, we want to get them out as quickly as possible and we're doing everything we can to do so. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely all right back to the top with i'm looking at my list here dominic
4: <laughs> all right i'm uh, speaking of you know mandalorian characters that uh yeah. took a little while to get out there um <laughs> baby yoda grogu uh one of the most talked about reveals you guys have made recently i feel like is the galactic snack and grogu um can you sort of walk us through the design process for that that guy and, and who, who was it that came up with the idea of a baby yoda that eats cookies
8: I'm trying to think of who it was specifically that came up with the idea. It was uh, kind of, I feel like it was part of like a brainstorm as we were trying to develop what we yeah. could do with, um, with Grogu because, um, and one thing we saw especially in season one and even more so in season two was that he just was constantly eating. I think he had like a new snack on almost every episode. So it was something that it, it lent itself really well to that and it was like a really, really cute play pattern that uh that you could have with that and especially since um we were going the kind of animatronic route um it it allowed for a lot of uh life to be brought to that character where he he felt like his own little like standalone thing um that kind of had its own life kind of on the shelf so in terms of the uh, uh the process that went to making that obviously it's it's a lot more complicated than most of our um, uh, like action figures we do because you, you not only have to deal with a larger scale you have to deal with a hugely popular character that has a lot of eyes on it um, you have the animatronic aspect of it so you have to make sure that all the animatronics work um, as intended and make sure that it it, uh, it is reliable um, through all the testing and make sure that uh, it, it works the same for everybody and then obviously because he has all those different accessories we want to make sure that he could hold each one of those accessories, um, and they're all very different sizes, they're very different uh, shapes and stuff like that. So there's a lot of consideration that went into making sure that that the hand that we developed uh, could hold all of those, that the accessories were compatible, that the articulation was good enough that he could be able to reach up and actually like bring the food to his mouth. Um, so there, and we worked really, really closely with uh, Lucasfilm and the Disney team and everyone out there to to make sure that this thing was as accurate as possible, and uh, and just also really fun and cute. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a
3: brief overview of kind of what went into that figure. Cool. And we're we're running a little behind, so we're going to try to tighten up our answers a little bit so we can get through all the rest of the rounds. Uh, so Chris, you're up next.
5: Sure. Um, I was hoping that you could clarify the, uh, the Vintage Collection Perch Trooper uh, and maybe talk about what's new on this figure and how it was kickbashed. It looks like the pauldron is a new piece but
8: quite unclear about the helmet. Um, yeah. yeah, so the Perch Trooper does come with an all-new uh, helmet. The helmet is non-removable for this figure. Um, he comes with a new pauldron, he comes with a new belt with the uh, cross straps. And he comes with the uh, new kind of shocks, shock staff. The rest of the figure is kind of pulled from other uh, previously released figures. But yeah, we really hope that you enjoy all the new details. We are really happy with how it turned out.
3: Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right,
8: Jake,
0: you're up next. All right. The Marvel team has had some great success with the launch of the Marvel Legends Retro 3 and 3 quarter line. Um, Is it possible that the Star Wars team could look into using the same cardstock material of those MLR card backs as they're made of like much thicker and sturdier material uh, for
3: their retro or vintage collection line? Yeah, no, we're definitely, we've we've read comments about the thickness of vintage line. And and certainly we use that uh, thicker cardstock as well in some of our six inch Kenner inspired lines. Uh, So it's something we've definitely talked about. I think we spoke to this in a a previous fan site interview earlier today. But uh, you know, we're we're aware of some of the damage that's happening to figures as they're shipped, Uh, and it's not something we're aware of and not doing anything about. Uh, We're definitely having some conversations, and and I think it's safe to say that you know, sometime in the next few months, sometime this year, uh, that we'll have you know one or more announcements on things we're doing to kind of prevent the damage happening to vintage figures.
0: Perfect. Great. Clamshells are coming. Fantastic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that would be delightful. Uh, Alrighty, righty. Arnie, you're up next.
2: You talked about being able to see the Paint Master for the Razor Crest, that a video was made that will be shown to fans in a few months. But I remember back with the barge, it felt like we were uh, as backers and fans a lot more involved with the you know made more aware with blog posts and making of with the barge and that wonderful book that came with it that detailed its creation so how come the razor crest is a little bit more offline and you know we have to wait for a video release that's been made and things
3: and sorry yeah just to clear up any confusion the video videos in, in the process of being made it will be ready in a couple of months Uh, We did kind of that packaging shoot, uh, but the video is not ready yet. Uh, As soon as it is, we'll certainly share it. Um, We had a similar question on a a previous interview about the book specifically. I think the barge, since that was the first HasLab campaign, HasLab was something new to the fans at that point. Um, They weren't sure really what to expect, kind of, you know, putting their money down and then not getting the item for a year. So we wanted to do the, the book, obviously, so fans got something in their hands and then pretty frequent updates. Uh, we'll certainly be providing updates like we did on the live stream with some images and just some updates on where we are, the video in a couple of months when it's ready, probably something after that. Uh, but there are, I, I think, a little less updates on uh, this campaign and in other Hasbro, HasLab campaigns compared to the Barge, just because that Barge was that first one, and we wanted fans to be comfortable with HasLab, which I think they are now. Uh, but it's certainly good feedback, and, and I think you will see more updates coming in the coming months. Okay, thanks. Absolutely. Lacey, you're up.
2: Awesome.
6: Uh, so we've been talking a lot here about individual figures. Our fans um, vary from old collectors to new collectors and all different types, but they all collectively really love the old play sets. So the question was, is there any plan to br- introduce playsets into the vintage collection line moving forward?
8: Um, yeah, so we've actually done um, more play sets kind of recently. So we, we did like the Jabba's Palace um, is, is one example of a play sure. set that we did bring back. Um, and it's something that uh, we would like to continue doing moving forward. They, uh, the Vintage Collection just lends itself so well to that, that world building. Um, so yeah, if you guys have um, suggestions on, on play sets you would like to see, we do 100% read comments, so we would love to be nice. able to see uh, uh, what what fans would like to see out of places in the future.
6: Some of the suggestions were the Death Star 2 Wreckage or the Sith Citadel okay. from awesome. Rise of Skywalker.
8: Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that back to the team. Awesome, <laughs>
6: thanks. Thank
8: cool.
7: Dan, you're up. Are you guys determined what products get sent to retailers in the individual light brown Hasbro shipping boxes, i.e. the Amazon's Black Series 6-inch retro figures? Mm-hmm. And how come Best Buy's uh, exclusive Black Series Phantom Men's figures didn't get the same treatment?
3: Yeah, no, it, it's a good question and kind of ties into what I said earlier. Uh, we're definitely aware of some of the, the discrepancies uh, in packaging. and And, you know, we've also read feedback and gotten feedback from fans on... Different ways that items are shipped from different retailers. You know, Hasbro, Pulse, like, is in that mix as well. And kind of when we receive this feedback, uh, we certainly bring it back uh, and discuss ways we can improve that. Um, so, so it's good to get this feedback, and it's something we will definitely address and and if possible, impact moving forward.
7: Thank you.
3: Absolutely. All righty, back up to Dominic for the last round.
4: All right, final round. Okay. Uh, the uh, with the the Wedge Antilles helmet that you guys revealed. Um, can you just, uh, tell us, um, how that one compares, obviously, uh, as, aside from look, uh, to, uh, the previous black series, uh, pilot helmets. Yeah.
8: Yeah. So, uh, it, it will be comparable in terms of like the offering and size. So like the, there will be, uh, uh, radio chatter. So obviously you are now wedge. So you'll be hearing the, um, the radio chatter of all the other characters that are not wedge. Um, you'll have the sound effects, you'll have, uh, like the ad ad, uh, Blaster, Fire, you'll have their sound effects, the TIE Fighters and stuff like that. So it'll be very comparable in terms of the offering. We wanted to make sure that that you had a very similar experience between um, the previous release and this one. Um, obviously, a whole new paint scheme. Um, so it, it will visually look very different on shelf than than the previous release. But ultimately, it will be a very similar experience just from Wedge's point of view, not
4: Luke's this time. Cool. Thanks for all the answers this morning, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely right. Cool. Yeah. Chris, you're up next.
5: Sure. Um, what was the reasoning behind putting the uh, Black Series Aura Sync figure into the followers Wars packaging and not
8: in her uh, debut Fanny Menace packaging? So this was something that we actually discussed internally. Um, while Phantom Menace was her first appearance, she was almost a blink and you'll miss it cameo. And and she definitely had a much bigger presence in the Clone Wars. So we felt like it was a little bit more appropriate to have her in the Clone Wars. Um, we did use uh, the Phantom Menace uh, reference when we sculpted up that figure. So we based it off of that outfit because we do the realistic interpretation Of those characters but yeah it was it was ultimately because she she just appeared far more in the clone wars as opposed to the essentially cameo that she had in phantom menace gotcha thank you no problem
0: well jake you're up all righty um chris b had my first question so i'm gonna go to my backup bonus question i sent there and uh It says, will the gaming great scout trooper from Jedi Fallen Order include his little uh, EC-17 holdout blaster? Because it looked like it was noticeably missing from the uh, images. And uh, I know that the Black Series one was released with one, so so it, at least at the moment for the for the vintage collection version
8: he does just come with a shock baton uh since it's his key weapon accessory that that he's seen with in the enter- in um uh jedi fallen order so uh that is what we considered to to include with him because that's just the most iconic version of what he has in the game and since at least for the shock baton troopers in, in that game um they pretty much only use that baton um mm-hmm. that, that's pretty much all they use so that that was part of the reasoning why uh it only includes that
0: gotcha thank you guys so much for all the answers today i appreciate Absolutely.
8: it yeah, no
2: problem thank
3: you arnie you're up
2: so during fan fest the marvel team teased their next HasLab project and i know dan Yoon has been mentioning on twitter a lot to start saving up money for it <laughs> And given that it's been a little while since the Razor Crest launched, will you guys uh, also start telling people when to start saving their nickels to prepare for the next Star Wars HasLab?
3: Yeah, so 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 obviously nothing to announce at this point. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely kind of a learning we took from the Barge. Obviously, the Barge in 2018 was this brand new thing, this 45-day campaign. Uh, and then, you know, obviously with the Razor Crest, we kind of made that tease a few months in advance uh, we'll certainly plan to do that again, obviously without, you know, giving too much away. So the actual launch, uh, is, is special, but whenever we do our next HasLab, lab, yeah, that's, that's probably a pretty, pretty good practice moving forward.
2: Okay, great. Thanks for the time this morning and including
3: us. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Lacey, you're up.
6: All right. Uh, of all the things that you revealed and announced during the FanFest, which one is each of your favorite and why?
8: Eric, you go um, I, I think for me, it, it's probably the Aura Sang figure just because there's so many unique elements to her between like the incredibly long rifle, the the stuff that we had to develop in terms of the antenna, the um the really long, like kind of creepy fingers that she has. So there's a lot <laughs> of uniqueness to that figure in particular. Um, and she's, she just looks really cool and really different than a lot of the other figures we've done. So she'll, she'll look really striking kind of on shelf too. So that was mine
3: personally. Very cool. And, and for me, I mentioned it on the stream, but, and, and so it's not just because it was brought up here, but, uh, Merrick's <laughs> X-Wing, uh, just for a lot of reasons. I love Rogue One. I uh, love the character. I love the battle at the end, I love a lot of things. Uh, And then obviously (laughs) kind of the world building of vintage is, you know, important to us. We know it's important to fans. And so being able to do this and build out that world was uh, important.
6: Awesome, thank you guys so much for taking the time.
3: Absolutely, thank you. you. Uh, Dan, bring us home. Uh, Now that some tentative Black
7: Series figure box uh, redesigns with less plastics has been shown, what has the feedback been like and how do you respond to those that want to see the figure in the packaging?
3: Yeah, I, you know, obviously kind of Hasbro is always, Hasbro and us on the Star Wars team, we're always doing ongoing research uh, to ways to improve uh, the customer's experience with our products, um, you know, not only the product, but also the packaging that the products come in. Um, you know, despite any online conversation, we're we're not able to comment on any plans to announce new packaging for uh, Hasbro products uh, in general or, or Star Wars products in, in specific. So, you know, as with other, you know, things that are out there that we haven't put out there, uh, we just can't comment on it. Great. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and thank you guys. Obviously said this at the top, but but this is just a fun way for us to spend time. Uh, I also know, obviously, you know, I think we've got uh, folks maybe all on North America, but different countries, uh, which is great. Um, it's just great to see kind of the, the continued global growth and global interest. So thank you guys for for spending the time and we look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Hasbro, everybody on the Star Wars team, and Litsky Public Relations for allowing us this coverage of Star Wars Hasbro figures, and we're going to be doing quite a bit more coverage. We are going to be coming back with one of our party roundtable shows.
1: Ah, those are always fun.
2: They are. It's always great to, especially after a little while away, kind of see where the pulse is of collecting with our friends, and, you know, we haven't had a chance to pull the mic out of a box before tonight, but we have been collecting the whole time and talking to friends about collecting and stressing collectively about the Target-exclusive Clone Wars Uh. figures, trying to decide if a 60-mile drive each way is worth it for a shot at one of the Obi-Wan's.
1: I mean, on one hand, we have a heck of a lot more Targets and Walmarts and Walgreens that we can go to. I mean, I think I counted, like, over 20 Targets where we are. And, I mean, it would be a two-day trip to, like, just hit them all. But, I mean, at what point are you just, like, wasting your time? I mean... (laughs) And gas. I mean, yeah, you could, like, take a plane trip somewhere with that time or something or that money.
2: Yeah, but there's something to be said about the hunt.
1: That's true. And it is kind of fun. I did go on a little bit of a hunt earlier for some figures so that was kind of fun I did kind of miss it it's kind of weird right now but it's okay
2: so thanks for listening we'll be back very soon and until then may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you <laughs> thanks for watching please check out some of our other videos
0: and you can hear hundreds of star wars collecting podcasts and see photo galleries at our site swactionnews.com